Today on episode 445 of I Am Salt Lake Podcast, we are joined by Diane Shea, the Culinary Director at Salt Lake Culinary Education. This was such an awesome conversation that we had with Diane. We got to find out about the history of Salt Lake Culinary Education, the classes that they offer, the meal kits that they've been offering the public. There are so many great resources available at Salt Lake Culinary Education, and we're going to play that conversation that we had with Diane here in just a moment. Hey, before we get into the conversation, though, I should probably introduce myself. My name is Chris Hollifield, and typically... My wife, Chrissy, is here recording the intro of the podcast with me. Not today, though. Uh, She actually threw her back out or something and literally can't move from the bed today. So she told me that I got to fly solo for this. So here I am. Welcome to the podcast. Chrissy was part of the conversation that we had with Diane, luckily. So the, the conversation that we play with Diane, Chrissy was part of that. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, you may be asking yourself what it's all about. What is this podcast that you are about to listen to? Well, this podcast is all about showcasing awesome people right here in Salt Lake City. We're talking to business owners, comedians, authors, tattoo artists, restaurant owners, breweries, distilleries. I think you guys get the idea. We talk to anyone that might have a cool story to share. Have you guys had a chance to uh, check out supportsaltlake.com yet? These are the awesome local businesses that support this podcast. We have some great supporters there for you to check out. There's Market Source Real Estate. There's Hugo Coffee. Elevation Chiropractic Center, where actually Chrissy got a visit Matt this past week and in hopes that Matt would, would help her pain. I think, I think he helped her out. You know, it seemed to help her out. So the entire list can be found at supportsaltlake.com. All right, here's that conversation that we had with Diane Shea from Salt Lake Culinary Education. Such a great story. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Enjoy the conversation. I mean, I'm sure you've heard us start the podcast this way, Diane, just kind of where home is, where you grew up. Where uh, where you call home? Where I call home right now, Murray, Utah. <laughs> where, where did you grow up though? Where's where I, I grew up on the east bench of Salt Lake. Okay, so you're a Salt Lake native then. You you kind of spent all your have did you ever move away? We never moved away. Um we've we've traveled the world, but um always came back to to, to live here and be here. So what kept you here though? Like honestly, because especially yeah. if you grew up here. I know how it was for me. I didn't grow up here, but I moved here when I was like 15, 18 years old. I'm out of Utah. I'm like, I hate this place, right? I didn't, I didn't appreciate it. <laughs> we did, all tried did, to escape. Did you go through any of that where you wanted to get out of Utah? Yeah. I mean, growing up in Utah and not being uh, part of the predominant faith, it, it's kind of hard growing up because back in the 60s, you you didn't have as many play friends as you thought you did. Because sometimes people wouldn't uh, or parents wouldn't let you play with their kids kind of thing. And, and, and that and I love hearing about that kind of I mean, I don't love the fact that you had to deal with that. <laughs> but I, I do like to hear about that stuff because I think it opens up a lot of people's eyes that live here even because I think a lot of people might not even be aware that was going on. That kind of stuff was going yeah. on, right? Like, yeah, it, it is, you know, because I'm not of this, you know, the, the the prominent faith either, you know, and, and no disrespect or anything. But it is hard when you're not of that to feel like you're accepted. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and the level of it that I saw when I moved here in the 2000s was pretty extreme. So I can only imagine 
before that, that it must have been a little bit tougher. You know? Yeah. It's gotten better it's gotten though, better. right, Diane? It it has gotten better. Um, even even our kids, uh, you know, their parents, their kids, their friends' parents wouldn't let them play in our yard because you know yeah. who knows what yeah. we do over here. You know. <laughs> I know. I, yeah. You're in, you're involved in the culinary industry, the Salt Lake Culinary Education. Is that that's the correct name of it, right? Or do you call it the Salt Lake Culinary Center? Well, we used to be Salt Lake Culinary Center, then we rebranded. So Salt Lake Culinary Education, we wanted it to reflect our name about what we do. We're all about culinary education. Um, we, we kept getting people confused. What do you do over there? Sell appliances, do, do this, do that. Um, no, we're all about culinary education. So what exactly, like I was checking out the website, right? I was like, okay, you know, let's check this website out. Now, is this open to everybody or is this something you would go to? Like if you wanted to become like a, like a professional chef or work at a restaurant or something Um, like that? All of the above, actually. Um, we, when we started in um, 2013, we uh, just had cooking classes, recreational cooking classes, as they're called now, and anybody can come. Any any home cook can come. Um, we had date night classes. We still do have date night classes, and um, it's it's all about three hours of hands-on learning, education, and fun. I call it edutainment because if you're not having fun and you're not learning something then you're probably not going to come back. So we want to have fun in our kitchen too. And I want to, I want to talk more about the classes, obviously, but I want to kind of, before we do that, I want to kind of find out what got you even interested in, in being involved in the culinary industry. Cause you've been a chef for quite a while. If I was, I was kind of reading through some of your bios and stuff like 20 years or something. I've been teaching people how to cook uh-huh. to, to gain the joy of cooking um, I, I sold Pampered Chef for a little while, just for a minute. Um, and you, you hold these Pampered Chef meetings and, and sales things. And, you know, you, you go there and you say, who likes to cook? Raise your hands. And one person out of 20 would raise their hand. And I'm going, why am I doing this if these people don't want to cook or want to learn how to cook? And so, I, you know, forget this. I don't want to do that. But I really want to teach people how to cook and and have and gain joy from that. So um, an opportunity arose that a friend of mine and I kind of partnered up and started doing cooking classes in our home. We would alternate months, one month at my home, one month at her home. And we started really cooking uh educating people on how to cook with fresh herbs. We both had herb herb gardens and people would go, oh, I've got parsley in my garden. Don't know what to do with it. So we started educating people on how to cook with those herbs and how to grow those herbs. And then um, we we parted ways amicably. And uh, I started teaching at the time um, at Sur La Taube when they first moved here to Salt Lake and at Orson Gigi, and um, at Macy's Grocery Store. And it just started to get more and more popular. And so um, I was I was working at Orson Gigi's with um, another friend of mine, and she was uh, headhunted by Kimball Distributing. And at the time, they were distributing Viking uh, kitchenware, cookware. 
or, you know, stoves, ovens, things like that. Yeah. And they, and so she left Gigi and I, and I told her, I said, don't leave me over here. I want to go over there and see what you guys are doing. And so in 2009, the Viking cooking school was launched in the Kimball building, the same location that we are at now. And so we, we did cooking classes, um, recreational cooking classes, very similar to what we do today. And then in 2012, the Viking Range Corporation was acquired by another big company. And, and so they closed all of the Viking cooking schools. So it was, it was a very sad day because they, they had a very profitable business. And the Viking Cooking School was, was less of education, but more of a marketing tool for them for the distributor because oh, they train the people and then the people are familiar with their product. So when they move on, they purchase it. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, and, and Mrs. Jones comes in and takes a class and she goes, Oh, I love this stove. I've got to have it kind of thing. It's smart. Um, it's a good method. It is a good method. Yeah. Um, but once it got acquired, they, they moved all of the product to another state and closed down all the distributorships. And so about 15 people lost their job in that day. And I was one of them. I was the culinary director at the time. And so I was one of the last people to go into the the owner's office and thinking, all right, you know, let's get this started. We can move in another direction. And um, he slid two checks over on the desk and here's your final paycheck. Here's your severance. And I go, wait, wait, we can do this. And go, there's there's nothing to do. We, we don't have a distributorship anymore. And so about 10 seconds later, the vice president spoke up and he says, you don't know anybody who might want to buy the school, do you? And I go, raise my hand. That would be me. That would be me. Two, about two hours later, I called Rich, my husband, and I said, um, I made a little purchase today. <laughs> I mean, how does that, how, like, that's well, you're still married. Yeah. Yes, we are. <laughs> so how did that, did they kind of, how did that takeover happen? How did you move into ownership? We've, we've owned our own business um, since we were married 45 years ago. Okay. So being an entrepreneur was not a foreign concept. We liked, I liked what I was doing. Um, we liked the the whole concept of the school and and didn't quite think of all of the things at the moment when I said yes yes but the owner was is and still is a very gracious man who loved the school and he didn't want it to go away that's awesome it, yeah cuz it, it really broke his heart when all of that went down and um so we we changed the name we got a new website and, and all of this was, was very quick. And, and you know how website goes, you just don't build a website in a week. Right. And <laughs> it's a process. It is a process, but here we are seven months later and, or seven years later, sorry. And we're going <laughs> amid COVID and everything. <laughs> I was going to say, dang, seven months, you're killing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long seven months. <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, and that's what that's what I'm wondering if if COVID uh, affected you guys at all. Like, did you have to shut down? Are you able to still do in person classes? I mean, how did that work for you guys? Back in March, when um, all the shutdowns started to happen, we had to cancel the week that everything started to shut down. We had three 
full classes. That's 12 people. We had two private events that one of them was 55 people. And we had to call everybody and say, we can't hold, hold your class. And so we, we kind of sat down for a few days and go, what in the world are we going to do? Not knowing how long this was going to be, how, what was going to happen. And as you know, it just went from bad to worse. So we decided to offer a meal kit, curbside pickup meal kit to, to match what we do. We, we teach people how to cook. So you're not going to get something that you would get from a restaurant that you open the box and eat your dinner. You had to cook your dinner from our meal kit. Um, and we're still doing them today. So does a meal kit like include like even the spices and, and all the ingredients you need? Yes, everything that you need. So we chopped up all the vegetables, all the components were there, the the um, directions were there. We even videoed um, a little tutorial to to cook along with us if you wanted to, and we put that on Facebook so you could you could watch it as you went or watch it beforehand, and and it became really really popular. So we're still doing that. This is so cool. I didn't. So this I is like uh, this, this is existed. like those those uh, I don't know I hate to it's, say the word blue apron. It's or like something. blue apron, but a local quality customized learning experience. Exactly. You know, like exactly. it's really. I mean, it's so much cooler. It's something that I actually would love to do. No, it's really fun, and and it it, it goes along with one of our core values of bringing the family together around the kitchen table and in mm-hmm. the kitchen. So uh, several people who would come and pick up their kits, they say this because the kids are now home, this becomes our home ec lesson and they're cooking along with mom or dad and the whole family is is doing it together. So um, we, we call that a really good success for us. I'm like so happy inside right now because you remind me so much of this amazing lady that I work with who used to travel and teach people how to cook. And she's always encouraging us to cook. And I'm the one that's kind of like, oh, I ordered from Cafe Rio. Does that count? You know, haha. But um, <laughs> since we're working in, from a distance right now, she actually started a channel where once a month she'll tell everyone at work, she's like, this is the herb of the month or the the something of the month. You have to make something this month with this fresh herb and post it in this channel because she's trying to get us to develop the love of cooking. And it's like, I love seeing this and I love seeing that you have this option for like families and it's a neat thing to do, you know? You know, what's cool about this meal kit is that you can get the meal and it can keep you out of the grocery store, right? Because like, I hate going, I hate going to the grocery store right now because it's just social anxiety eliminated and, and nobody stays back from you or nothing. So it's like, this is great. This is great. It is. And, and during the time in, in the early COVID days, you know, when you couldn't find pasta on the shelf yeah. or flour on the shelf or anything like that, then we had it there in your kit. Where were you getting the pasta from? Um, <laughs> Black market pasta. <laughs> <laughs> we actually buy a lot of things from a restaurant depot. So it's just people in the trade that, okay. that can buy from there. But still. Yeah. Um, and they're not going bags, crazy. Uh, yeah, well, bags of flour were limited to one, and you know, so there were limitations that that we we went through, and still do. Are you thinking of moving to Salt Lake City? Are you looking at finally getting out of the rent game and finally buying a house of your own? 
Well, you need to contact our good friend Monique over at Market Source Real Estate. She actually helped us find the home that we're recording this very podcast in right now. And did you know for almost 20 years, Market Source Real Estate has been specializing in helping people just like you buy and sell homes in Sugar House as well as the greater Salt Lake area. Market Source Real Estate has a background in flipping houses and they've even owned almost 20 homes themselves so they know all the ins and outs of older homes. So if you're looking to sell your home, Market Source Real Estate specializes in helping sellers update or repair their home to increase the value and make you more money. But like I said, if you're looking to just move to Salt Lake City or if you're just looking to move across town, just give Monique a call over at Market Source Real Estate. Her number is 801-810-6773 or her website where you can find all her information at thinksaltlakecity.com. Go check it out. Market Source Real Estate is awesome. And many thanks to them for their support of this podcast. Can all diets, I mean, do you cater, like what if they're a vegetarian or something? Or, I mean, there's so many paleo and Mm -hmm. and gluten-free. And I mean, do you cater to those kind of diets or is it just one meal kit? We actually, in the beginning, um, our first meal kit was pizza. And everybody loved pizza. We're actually bringing it back. And um, so in in those early days, we didn't have that. But then um, several weeks in, we did an enchilada kit. Mm. So we had, um, we used um, corn tortillas. So people that were gluten-free could could eat those. But we had a vegetarian and a meat option. So you could buy one or the other. So it was kind of an a la carte menu and still is on our website. And you can you can buy as much or as little as you want. So those those options are are there. Very cool. And you guys do online classes. I'm I'm seeing we here. Do. We do. We just launched those. Oh, so this is new. This is a brand this new is thing. Brand new, brand new. Um, this week, the I think we launched it on June thirtieth. Um, and this came out of doing our little video tutorials for our meal kits. And, and as COVID continues to, to go on and on and people are, are still afraid to go places, well, we can still teach you from home. You're going to have to go grocery shopping by yourself, but um, you can still learn from our online videos. So um, we, we launched that and it includes um, a monthly newsletter that has food news and challenges and recipes and ideas, a live Zoom class every month that everybody can join in classes are added every week and email access to our chefs. So if you've got this question say, my cookies didn't work out, what can you do? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I'm looking here on your site. This is great. And I mean, this is great. I mean, this is easy. You can sign up monthly, semi-annual, annual. This is great. And I saw you have a junior chef's sweets baking camp, which, okay, that's like a super exciting thing to me because I grew up baking and my kids love baking. And it it looks like I never thought to do something like that. You have so many different cool ideas that cater to different types of people, you know? We do. Um, we, we really toyed around with the idea of having students in the school, um, as restaurants began to start opening up and now these kids have been cooped up in the house for three months. And I'm sure that mom and dad are just going nuts having that happen. So, uh, we decided to, to put them up last week was our first one 
and it sold out. Of course, it's it's only half half full because of the way that we have to follow our directions. But um, this week is our sweets baking camp, and it's all it, it is how to follow recipes and how to make this. But it's it's all about kitchen science and fun stuff. Like last week in in the class. The kids got to play with some dry ice in some lemonade. And then one of the parts of the experiments, they dropped some pop rocks in there. And as they exploded all over, everybody was laughing and having such a good time. And <laughs> it That's was great. so cool. I love it. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm looking. I mean, you got all kinds of classes. I mean, you must have quite a few different chefs teaching out of there, teaching out of your uh, school there. We don't have as many as we used to, but we have three separate kitchens they're all interactive kitchens but we've got we've got quite a bit of space what what keeps you doing this i mean what do you love about the culinary industry about cooking about baking what do you love about this whole thing besides the food i love food um i love yeah but it's easy to just go to a restaurant and sit down and order food like what keeps you wanting to make food and create (laughs) food and like what there's got to be a passion because not everybody likes to cook. That's right. Um, going back to my original statement that I love to see the light bulb go on when somebody says, no, I don't want to come to a cooking class. I hate to cook. I just don't enjoy it. And somebody drags them to a cooking class and they go, this was really fun. And I think I could do this at home. And they come back for another class. And so that's the passion that I want people to have, that it isn't just a a drudgery thing that, oh, you know, it's dinner time and I've got to cook something. What is for dinner? I don't know. You know, and and the the telephone number for the pizza delivery is just too close. And I feel like you're describing me every day. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's too easy. (laughs) <laughs> oh, it is. It's I, I was uh, I was actually telling my parents in my brain, I have all these boxes, right? And when it's dinner time, I look for the dinner box in my brain and I'm like, uh, it's like way up there. I'll just go for like the DoorDash box. It's down. It's low. It's easy. You know, <laughs> that's my file system in my head. <laughs> I know. I know. But but then also is, is the, the fact that I we love to see Kit kids and families put together at the kitchen table. Let's discuss your day. Mm-hmm. Um, and and even though they've been home all day together it, because of COVID, there, there's still a lot of things to discuss. Mm-hmm. So, And the activity of cooking is such a, a bonding experience that we don't really get to have as often nowadays. And a That's lot of right. people don't do it anymore. Yeah, including I, I mean, us, Chris. Well, right. You know. That's what, I'm, I'm, this is basically my confession. Yeah, because no, I mean, I'd like. To I do more. want. I I think it's so great that you're doing this because it's some. It's something of a lost art amongst the general population, and I think it's it's limiting our experience bonding even with within our our families while we're at home. You know, and so this is something that's really cool to incorporate on multiple levels. It's not just the food. Yeah, and you could even even if you don't have kids at home. You know, mm-hmm. make it a date night. You would, oh, you would I guess maybe people, go out to a restaurant, you know, make it yeah. a date night. Spouses are okay, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by our friends at Libsyn. Are you thinking of starting a podcast? 
Do you have a buddy or maybe a coworker that's talking about starting a podcast? Hey, if you or someone you know, if you're in the process of starting a podcast and you're looking for the best podcast audio host out there, go check out our friends at Libsyn.com. That is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N, Libsyn.com. We've been using Libsyn to host I Am Salt Lake Podcast, this podcast, for the past eight years. And I truly could not be more happy with them. They make it super easy to set up. They make it super easy to get your podcast routed to all the podcast players out there like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I am Salt Lake Podcast listeners. We created a special promo code just for you. The promo code is Salt Lake. If you use that promo code at Libsyn.com when at checkout, you'll get the rest of this month and all of next month a free podcast audio hosting at Libsyn.com. Again, that promo code is Salt Lake, and you'll be supporting this podcast and you'll get yourself a free month of podcast audio hosting at the same time. It's a win-win and Libsyn is awesome. Love those guys. Many thanks to Libsyn for their support. Let's get back to that conversation. What advice would you give a listener that might be interested in becoming a chef? Oh my goodness. Um, follow your passion. One of the other things that we do is we have a 12-week professional course that prepares someone um, with the fundamental skills to graduate from our course in 12 weeks, three months, and get a job in a restaurant and know that knowing that they have all of those fundamental skills that they, the the chef says go over there and chop all of those carrots. I want, I want half inch dice and they go, yes, chef. And they go and do it instead of going, okay, how am I going to do this? You know? And, and so that's, that's what all of our professional course is about. Um, we, we got, because of COVID again, our, our last semester got cut a little short. Um, we're trying to, figure out a way to open that up again. Hopefully we will start the next semester, the first part of August, and we'll have two days of of online teaching and three days of in-house hands-on teaching for six hours a day. If you're passionate about cooking, if that's what you want to do, learn and go do it. Just, Just go do it. Tell me about these private events. So it looks like people can host private events at your at they can your, uh, location as well. Like it looks like, wow, you can do team building to conferences, to family parties, bridal showers, birthday parties. This is great. Dude, I should, this is, this would be a great thing for like an office to do a team building exercise. Holy cow. Exactly. It's, it's really fun because when they're in teams of, of three or four or five, not everybody can add the salt. Not everybody can stir the pot. Not everybody can do this one thing. So they have to act as a team. And it's it's fun to see some companies who will mix up the people. And like, you you don't work with this person. And so you're going to be on a team together. Um, because you don't know that person very well. And, and you get to know them. But Christmas parties are the funnest thing. People have have come and cook their lunch with a little competition and then they do present exchanges and laughter and fun. And I think that's what I miss the most of being shut in with COVID that we haven't been able to 
to host these 30 to 50 person events. And so that makes me sad. Hopefully soon enough, though, hopefully as things kind of calm down a little bit, maybe, you know, start doing it soon enough, you know, and people can kind of see what you have going on there because it looks like stuff's always changing when you're not doing all this stuff. What what are some of your other hobbies and interests, Diane? Like, what do, what do you enjoy doing? Oh, my goodness. Well, um, I like being in my garden. Um, my husband is is um, a, a, the president of a, a car club, a national car club, um, but it's the Utah version of that. Um, he owns a Lotus. He owns two Lotuses, actually. Oh, wow. Um, and, and we, we were planning to have the national Lotus owners gathering here in September that we had to cancel for this year. Um, we had some big names that were very big names that anyone would, um, recognize if I told you, but I don't want to tell you because (laughs) we might not get them next year. But so we, we were planning that, but, but we, we continued to get together with, with um, our car friends and go on drives and um, just have a fun time. Actually, I think I remember seeing this on your Facebook page. Now you posted a picture and I thought that was so cool. There were some nice looking cars there. Oh yeah. Wow. There's where was I did see like a couple Ferraris and Porsches and all kinds of. So you spend a lot of time in your garden. Do you actually grow a lot of your own herbs and vegetables that you cook with? I grow more herbs than I do vegetables because um, I, I really haven't had that much time to to play in the garden. Um, but this year, you know, I've had a little bit more time. But I do have a lot of herbs in my garden. And we're also beekeepers. And so we're playing with, well, you don't really play with the bees. Oh, wow. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I just go there and play with the bees, honey. You know, it's no big deal. <laughs> You can try. That's a lot of work, though. Beekeeping is intense. Um, it can be. Um, it it it's fascinating, though. They are fascinating. What got you into bees? Or was it your husband that you said is into beekeeping? Or what got you into beekeeping? Well, he he does most of it. It's actually our daughter. Okay. Um, many years ago, she she has this in this curious mind that just goes in all kinds of direction, and she. Um, decided that uh, while she was still here living with us, that we needed to keep bees, and so we got we got the, the beehive stuff and got the bees, and you know had to do the whole thing, and and it just has continued on through all of these years, and and she has a beehive in her home now. So wow, you know it's so funny that is the classic mom story where they're like my daughter came home with a puppy and gave it to me for a present but it was bees <laughs> not a puppy <laughs> she gets awesome. us into all kinds of trouble i'll tell you <laughs> oh i i already love her i think she sounds fantastic <laughs> so how many hives do you have then just like one or do you have a couple or? well we had two up uh, up until a couple of weeks ago, we had the uh, state bee inspector come um, because one of our hives wasn't acting the way that that we thought it should, and got into one of the hives and declared it dead. I mean, it was really really sad. And so bees get these mites on them, and these mites attack the brood and. They, they don't attack the bees that are in there, but they attack the, the, the bees that are forming in the little, the little cells. 
and they end up being born without any wings. It's the saddest thing ever. And so they do what bees do and, you know, Hey, I'm born and now I'm going to go out and forage for nectar and, and pollen and they can't fly. So they die. Oh, that's a bummer. So what, what did you guys have to do? You got to smoke it out. I I know. So that one died. The the other hive, uh, the bee inspector treated it with, something that that they treat for for these mites that kills the mites it doesn't hurt the honey it doesn't hurt the bees it just kills those mites and so we're we're watching that hive carefully and but when i say we play with the bees there it's just fascinating to watch them forage we've got a big bunch of oregano in my garden and right now they're all over it and it's just fun to watch them get get all the nectar and the pollen off of those those plants that's real. That would be cool. Maybe we need to get into beekeeping. We do. We really do. It's. It sounds like a lot of work, though. Like you were saying, you have to make sure like they're healthy and they're. But it's probably awesome. Yeah. Well, we had a beekeeper on the podcast once. What was we it? did? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I. I actually. I feel like this is like you. Like I need to work with you because I have another worker friend who's a beekeeper, and every day we talk about his bees and what he's going through with his bees. <laughs> <laughs> Now you can ask him about mites, right? I know. Yeah. Does he name his bees? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I'll right. find out. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> let's uh, let's shift directions to Salt Lake City. We have a few standard Salt Lake City questions that we try to ask on every show. We have family and friends that visit us from time to time. I'm sure you have people that come in to visit you from out of town, Diane, and uh, they ask you to take them around, give them a tour, show them around Salt Lake City. Where do you take them to? I mean, are you a take them out on a hike or the mountains or downtown or the lake or where, where do you go? Because we, we are car people and like there are some roads in Utah that are absolutely amazing sports car roads. We would take them down to Boulder, Utah to Hell's Backbone Grill and they are on the edge of um, the Burr Trail Capitol Reef and all of that area down there. That is absolutely phenomenal area. Um, that's where we would take them. Very cool. That's not in Salt Lake, though. <laughs> well, you know, and when I say that, the area, you know, because I mean, counts. Utah. I mean, yeah. we've had Moab. I mean, Park City. I mean, I try yeah. to keep it local, but I understand you got to show some of this beautiful stuff outside of the city, you know? Exactly. And I get it. I get it. Well, what about any uh, favorite local eating spots? Do you have one or two favorite local eating spots that you like? Probably our favorite local eating spot is Manoli's. Okay. That's a good place. Very it good. Is. It's It's been yeah. a minute, but very good. Very good. Yeah. Is there anything you would change about Salt Lake City if you could? If you had the opportunity, obviously pre-COVID, when it was just normal, <laughs> as normal as Salt Lake <laughs> is, I guess, that's kind of- The a, original normal. <laughs> the original yeah. Not the new normal. But uh, yeah. What would I change? I don't know. I think- I really think that that people who live here are very kind. We have a very clean city. I, you know, I, I like the farmers markets. I like the things that that we can do in the city. That the arts festivals that I'm sad to not be able to go to this year. Um, you know, things like that. Just the the culture here is is great. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot to do here. And th- this summer is a bit of a bummer though, with all the festivals canceled. It is. Re- this has been a tough summer. <laughs> the whole year. To, uh, yeah. Well. Okay. All right. This year has been a little more challenging for everyone. I shouldn't complain about not being able to go places. 
I know. One of our favorite things to do is is attend Red Butte Garden concerts. So that's always very fun. And it's a bummer that that's canceled yeah. this year. Too. Uh-huh. Yeah. But maybe next year they'll just make up for it, right? And like do like uh, all, the, all the bands are going to be out touring next year. No kidding. But, uh, anyway, before we completely wrap up the show, first of all, I want to appreciate, I want to, I want to tell you, thank you. I appreciate you coming and doing the podcast with us um, today. Was there anything you were hoping we would talk about though, before we completely wrap this up? Cause I know it's hard to skim the surface on everything. So I'm sure I missed a ton of stuff, but if there was anything that you're like, I really want to tell them about the Salt Lake culinary education or, I mean, let's make sure to give the websites and all of that and, and all that uh, ways to contact you. I would just say, come, come and take a class. We, we have a few classes going right now. Um, but once we're not required to wear a mask, it's really hard to cook with a mask on because you can't smell, you can't taste, you know, you got to take the mask off and yeah. And you and can't so, see very well either. It, it blocks your vision a little bit, you know, when you're looking down. Yeah. And it's hot. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. if it protects us all, I'm I am more than willing to 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 wear our masks and have everyone wear them. But you know, come come and take a class. Come and take a date night. The a, a regular class, we're in teams of four. At when we go to the cook surfaces, we're in teams of four. Everyone, when you're prepping your food, you you everyone has a knife and a cutting board, so you get your knife skills in. But when you go to cook, there's there's four people on a team. But when it's date night, it's just you and your date. So um, it's it's really fun because then, you know, you have to argue. It says, no, I want the steak well done. No, it needs to be rare. No, however. But <laughs> good luck with that. Arguing about the fun stuff. Right? Right. The fun yeah. Stuff. yeah. You just cut it in half and you cook it that way and you cook it that way. <laughs> that's that's actually what we do. <laughs> it's a good solution. So, you know, d- just just come and and take a class and um, come and pick up a meal kit and have fun at home. It's it's all good. Very cool, very cool. Yeah, you got a great selection. SliceUtah.com is is the website. So go check it out and and uh, and see what you got going on. I'll put all those at IamSaltLake.com as well with this episode. Before we go, though, Chrissy has a final question. I'm going to have her throw out at you, Diane. Thank you again for coming and doing the podcast. I always tell people, let's catch up down the road, you know, and like, let's see what you're up to and see what uh, see what kind of stuff you guys got cooking over there. Yeah. Uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I appreciate a good pun. No, And I just want to say, too, that like I your passion for teaching and cooking is palatable. And it's been like really fun to talk about it with you because of that so thank you it made it a lot of fun you're making me excited to want to cook so that's (laughs) what's for dinner (laughs) what's for dinner i don't know ask me later (laughs) (laughs) whatever diane gives me um so but before we let you go could you leave our listeners with a motto or a piece of life advice that you live by or try to live by follow your passion um even if you think it's scary it, it will always lead you to to good places, uh, whether they be delicious places or fun places or whatever. Enjoy it. All right. Many thanks again to Diane Shea for joining us on this episode of the podcast. All of the links that we mentioned in this conversation can be found with this episode notes directly on our podcast website, which can be found at IamSaltLake.com slash 445. That is for episode 445. 
And while you're on the website, take a look through some of our back episodes. I'm sure there is quite a few people that you have not had the opportunity to find out their story yet. This month actually marks the eight-year anniversary for this podcast. So we have eight years of interviews on that website for you to check out. So head on over to IamSaltLake.com. Share your favorite episodes with your family and friends. Let one person know about this podcast. That is how we have... uh, That's how we've made it as big as we have, is is by you guys helping get the word out about this podcast. Our advertising budget is pretty minimal, so we depend on you guys, because the bigger we get, the better we get, and the uh, better guest we can bring on the podcast. Hey, we would love to hear from you. Drop us an email, hello at IamSaltLake.com. Come say hello, say hello. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast, send us an email and tell us what you got going on here in Salt Lake City. You guys have a great week, though. Get out and enjoy the city. Support local, especially right now, guys. The uh, the local businesses need our help. Support saltlake.com especially. And we'll see you on the next episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast.